number seven. Luke chapter number seven. We're going to finish up our series on worship. Worship, worship. Some of y'all are going to be real shocked when y'all get to heaven. I'm telling you, I, I'm serious. You're going to have to go to summer school. Amen. Everything we do, you, you got to get this. Everything we do here on this earth is preparation for our eternal home. Amen. And we're going to be worshiping the Lord. We're going to be singing and shouting and glorifying his name. Man, y'all need, to, y'all need to get with it. Amen. Luke chapter number 7 and verse number 36. Got a, I like Smokey and the Bandit. We got a long way to go in a short time to get there this morning. I went a little overtime last week. Uh, and, and the first crowd got tangled up with the second crowd. Amen. But that's okay. Some of y'all got to meet people you ain't never seen before. Amen. See, it was all strategic. I did that on purpose. Amen. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 7 and verse number uh, 36. Are you there? Say amen. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with them. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the, in the house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. Always remember this. Real worship is going to have real critics. And any time you're worried about what somebody else is doing and not what you're doing, you're a hypocrite. And he reveals this in Simon's life. If you came in here worried about what somebody else is wearing, you got a problem. If you came in here worried about what somebody else is driving or, or, or how somebody else sings or how somebody's not singing or whatever the deal is, and if your focus was not completely and directly toward our Lord Jesus, you need some adjustments going on. Say amen. His focus was not on Christ. His focus was on the one who came to Christ to make up for what he was lacking in doing. Are y'all with me? Now watch this. Jesus, but by the way, Jesus always knows who the critics are. Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. Arrogant, wasn't he? Jesus answering, look what he, he says. There was a creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simple question. Simon answered and said, well, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. He said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Now, Simon, let's look at your life. He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into whose house? Thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. You didn't show me any affection at all. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. And then he gives the proof why. She didn't come do this to have them forgiven. He's saying they were already forgiven, and this is why. This this sums up the whole series in these next four words. This sums up everything we've been trying to say and everything we've been trying to teach and what we need to get in our heart when we come to worship him. Her sins are forgiven. Say it with me. The next four words. Four. Say it again. One more time. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to love you much today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. Real quickly, let's, let's, let's review what we have already covered so far. Uh, there, were, there were three areas uh, that we said we were going to talk about when we talked about worship in this story of this woman coming to worship Jesus. The first thing we said, everybody has an agenda in worship. Say that word with me. Everybody has an an agenda in where you you had an agenda when you came here this morning you 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 had an agenda you had a plan for what you were going to do or what you wanted to see or what you expected when you came to this house but what should be our agenda the bible teaches us this that this woman her agenda was to get to jesus say that with me it was to she when she knew that jesus was in this house she said, I have got to get to Jesus. He has done so much for me. He has forgiven me of my sin. He has relieved me of my burden. He has given me hope in my life. He has prepared me a home in heaven. I'm not going to hell. My life is changed forever. I've got to get to Jesus. And your agenda this morning should be, I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to him. I've got to show him what he means to me. I've got to get to Jesus. Not I've got to get to Gertrude. Not that I've got to get to Henry. Not that I've got to get to Joe and tell him about the race last night. No, it should not be that. It should not be about what lunch is going to be today. It should be about getting to Jesus. She said, I've got to get to Jesus. But then she said this, I've got to give to Jesus. She brought an alabaster box, a very costly material. Listen, she said, I'm not just going to get to him. I'm going to give to him. Worship is about giving of what we are all to him. Say amen. So what was your agenda? Her agenda was to get to Jesus and give to Jesus. Then the second thing, last week we talked about this, our attitude in worship. Our attitude in worship. Everybody has got an attitude. But what your attitude is will determine who you are and what you become. We said last week the attitude determines altitude. It it determines everything. Listen, what kind of attitude did this woman have? She had a submissive attitude. She came and bowed at his feet. She came and submitted herself to him. She came to his feet in surrender. She said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Oh, God, do we need some submissive people in the house today. I don't care how much money you put in the offering plate if you're not submissive to his word. I don't care what you do or how good you can sing if you're not willing to be submissive to the word of God and be obedient to what God teaches in his holy word. I need a witness this morning. We need some submissive attitudes in the house of God. Not only submissive attitudes, but we need selfless attitudes. Say that with me. Selfless attitudes. We need to adopt the mind of John the Baptist. He must increase, but I must I must decrease. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robber to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being made in the likeness of man, he, listen, he submitted, he gave up, he surrendered his life to death so that we could be free. Selfless attitude. Then today, then today, this is, this is, this is, uh, been real nervous this week because this is going to be an interactive message. We're going to practice what we're preaching while we're preaching it. Say Amen. There's a lot of people say, bless God, when you come to the house of God, you need to worship. But okay, what does that mean? If you've never been in church before, there's two, there's two people who usually have problems with worship. People who've never been to church before and people who have never been to church before. 
See, you, <laughs> you, you can grow up in a church building but have never gone to church before. You can grow up in a denomination. You can grow up in a movement. You can grow up in a church building but have never gone to church before. Listen, you, 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 I, I'm not saying people that's never been saved and never gone to church, literally gone to church. They, they need help and understanding about what worship is. But you know what? There's some people that's been in the church building all of their life and they never have known what it truly means to worship God in spirit and in truth and giving him glory for who he is and what he's done for us. So let's, let's just cover it like we all ain't never gone to church before. Amen. We're going to go from the very bottom to the very top. Amen. As practical as can be. We're going to have some practical steps here, but then we're going to have a principle to wrap it all together today. If you're ready, say amen. Amen. Activity. What should we find in the house of God? What should we find? When we come into the church house, what should we find? Uh, what, well, we've got a piano. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a pulpit. We've got, uh, uh, you know, some microphones. And all, but what can we bring ourselves as individual people, what can we bring to worship God with? You've got everything you need right there in the seat with you. Everything. All right? Listen, this woman, the Bible said, and we're taking this right out of the story right here. She comes and finds Jesus reclining there, eating a meal, and she's standing behind him weeping. Her tears begin to fall out of her eye sockets and fall on his precious feet. And she gets down and begins to caress and wash his feet with those tears and takes the hairs of her head and washes and massages his feet there, showing her adoration to him. So what was the first thing that we see that she used that we all have? Hands, how'd y'all know that? See, this is practical. This is very easy stuff. We can worship with our... Y'all got some? Hold them up. Let me see them. This is interactive, y'all. You're going to get exercise today. We're all going to get involved. Amen. Amen. Hold up your hands. Wave them like you just don't care. Amen. All right. All right. We all have hands. Listen, we can use them for the glory of God. Now, if you grew up in one of them churches that had to keep your hands in your pockets and your mama would thump you on the back of the head if you moved your hands, I feel sorry for you because if you go back in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, son, they were raising their hands to God in worship. You need to use your hands. God gave them to you. Give them back to Him. Glory to God. Use your hands. Let me give you some verses. Let me give you some verses. Psalms 134, 1 and 2. I behold, listen, behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Watch what he says. Lift up your hands, where? In the sanctuary and bless the Lord. This is the psalmist David. He was a man after God's own heart. He was, the the, the Bible calls him the sweet psalmist of, listen, the sweet psalmist of Israel. There was nobody in the Bible that knew how to worship like him. There was nobody who could write songs like him. There was nobody. Listen, he was the praise man. Amen. He was the worship leader. He was the worship leader for all of Israel. And he said we ought to lift our hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Say amen. Psalm 22, 28, 2. Hear the voice of my supplication. When I cry unto thee, watch what he says. When I lift my holy hands toward the holy oracle. Psalms 141.2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. And the lifting up of my what? My hands as the evening sacrifice. 
Lamentations 3.41. This is it right here. Let us lift up our with our hands. Church, say amen. You say, oh, that's Old Testament stuff. Right, what kind of practical use? We don't, we don't lift up our hands. You know, you'd be surprised how much you lift up your hands. I like the show Cops. Bad boy, bad boy, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Stop or I'll shoot. What's the first thing they do? What is that a sign of? Surrender. You know what we're supposed to do when we come to the house of God? God, I've got my own plan, but I surrender. God, I've got my own agenda. And I've got my own life that I'm living. But you've got a different way. Not my will, but I surrender. See, some of y'all won't lift your hands up because you're not willing to. Uh-huh. Say amen. Ain't nothing but pride. I don't want to do that in the house. Listen, if you use your deodorant, everything's fine. Surrender. I was wondering, you know what? What are we here to do? We're here to worship and to... And, 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 and to if you, I hate to bring this up, but when Mark Ingram run across that, 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 that end zone to seal the deal, what did all y'all do? Don't tell no lie. You're in the house of God. What'd you do? Woo! What was you doing? You were celebrating. That, 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 that thief that was running from the cops, he was conceding. He was giving up. He was surrendering. But when your team is winning, you're there to celebrate. Listen, when somebody comes and gets saved, we should, woo! When Jesus touches your heart, Jesus came and saved you. You was low down, no good. I'm telling you, you was a sinner. And Jesus came to you right where you was. It was like the psalmist said, I waited on the Lord. Listen, patiently, he he inclined to my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay, and set my foot on a rock and established my goings and put a song in my mouth. Woo! I'm not going to hell. Now, some of y'all are getting scared right now. You know why? You ain't never gone to church before. It would blow your mind if you went to a praise service that David was running. Because David would just get down and dance in front of you. Ask his wife. Say amen. Some of y'all are like, oh my God. What kind of church should I come into? Where are churches reading the Bible? It's going to get better. Trust me. I got some more stuff up here that's going to blow your mind. We come to raise our hands because we're surrendered to him. We come to raise our hands because we're celebrating. Hadn't God been good to you? I told my uncle the other day, I said, Uncle Joe, you're getting old. He said, it's better than the alternative. I said, you got a point there. Asked a gentleman up at Walmart, 152 years old. I said, sir, how you doing? He said, any day above ground is a good day. I don't have what I want. I don't have the clothes I want. I don't, want, I don't drive the car I want to drive. You're alive. You're breathing air. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We're to be thankful to God we're alive. Amen. I seen a guy, I seen a guy on one of those 
uh, 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 talk Christian shows the other day, didn't have no arms or legs. None whatsoever. Had a little toe sticking out one side. And I got to thinking, Lord, have mercy. And he was praising God for his divine, his divine orchestration of his life. I got to thinking, are you kidding me? I mean, he, would, he goes and he has this little microphone that's there. He has no arms and no legs, just a little, little bitty half of a foot sticking out. But he is praising God for what God is doing. He is seeing people saved all over the earth. And he has given God glory. You have no excuse not to come in here and celebrate. I got to thinking again, too. See, we raise our hands more than we think. We raise our hands more than we think. We raise our hands to surrender. We raise our hands to celebrate. But how about that? How about that? Those little, those little youngins, those little monkeys, you're you gone for the day or maybe two or three days you take a trip and they, they had a babysitter and you walk in, and them little bitty fellas, you walk in the room when daddy comes in the room, what happens to that little fella? Hold me. Hold me. Listen, they don't care about who's in the room. They don't care about what they were doing. They could be doing the, 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 their most favorite activity in the world, but when daddy or mama comes in that room, all they want to do is mama or daddy to hold me. I don't know who you came to see this morning, but you missed it all if you didn't come to run to him. And say, hold me. It's been a rough week. Hold me. Everything seems to be falling apart. Hold me. I've gotten bad news from the doctor. Hold me. Pray in this manner. Pray in this manner. Brother Morgan, the Bible says, Jesus said, pray our Father, which art in heaven. We can cry, Abba, Father, which means Daddy. Too many of you, he's still a God to you, not a Daddy. He needs to become your Daddy. He needs to become, listen, where you can use terms of endearment. Father, Daddy, please hold me. I can't make it. Please hold me. I missed you so bad. Would you please hold me? See, it's not a ritual. It's not some religious routine. And Well, I'm not going to do that because charismatic's doing it. I don't care. If it's biblical, they've got air conditioning too, and I'm not turning it off. I made up my mind. I don't care what the brethren say. I don't care what the movement says. I don't care. Well, we're just afraid we're going to get too much toward that. If it's biblical, it's legal. I'm going to celebrate, bless God. I looked at the tax assessment on our building. Oh, Jesus. Dustin, you up there? I can't see. I forgot my glasses. He's in the other building. 
Y'all know we all poor people, don't you? Poor people. We started in a little building that would hold 97 chairs. Look around. Look around, y'all. Look, look, look to your left, your other left. Now look to your right. This is half of y'all. I remember, I remember when a family left the church because we wanted to step out in faith and borrow 25000 to finish that, that wing for Sunday school space. 25,000. And at that time, because we nowhere near filled up 97 chairs. We nowhere near filled up half of 97 chairs. Brother Morgan, you remember back then? You remember in that other place? The tax assessment on our private now is $6 million. Right now. With what we have and what God's blessed us with. And God did it with poor people. What's your point? Woohoo! I'm gonna celebrate. Don't get in my way. Bless God, I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating. I ain't going to hell. We can use our hands to worship. We can raise our hands. But then the Bible says this. You know, some some people won't do this either, but it's in the Bible. Psalms 47.1. Oh, I like when he puts an O there. I got a little fella. I got a little fella that think, thinks that I can, I can that, I'm, that I'm faster than a speeding bullet. He thinks that, 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 that I can leap tall buildings with a single bound. He, he, he thinks the only thing that can hurt me is kryptonite. Look, 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 Harris. Listen. <laughs> Say, why does he think that? Because that's what I told him. <laughs> he, he gets his little Bible. They got him on video. He tells his little cousin, all right, you the song leader, and I'm fixing to preach. Sing a song, and I'm going to throw down. <laughs> Where's Jeremy? Jer- well, how old is he? Four? There he is. Wave at me, buddy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sunday got him preaching. And he, this is what he'll do. Y'all know when I say amen at the end, I, always, I don't know why it does, just have it. I guess I learned it from my dad. And when we all get through praying, amen. You know what he'll do? Amen. <laughs> that means there's an emphasis on that thing. I mean, it's not just amen. It's amen. That's what this is in. Oh, that means pay attention. This is important. Oh, clap your hands. How many of you? Oh. And, and, and do what? Yeah. Unto God with the voice of triumph. triumph. You know why? We're triumphing. We're more than, Brother Chris, we're more than conquerors. We order. You want me to tell you, ladies, I need all the ladies to perk up right here. You want me to tell you how to make your husband swell up like a poison puppy? I tell you, 
You'll have to grease his ears to get him through the door. Brag on him in public. Brag on him in public. Why y'all get quiet? See, y'all was all, y'all thought I was going to get something over on him. Yeah, you want, but now you want to brag. Too many of you are too busy criticizing him in public. Listen, public should never hear criticism from you to your husband. Never. They should always hear praise. Brag on him in public. And it don't count as much in private. But when you do it in public, you tell him, son, I tell you what, you are just like wine. You get better with time. Son, he'll, he'll get the John Wayne strut. Amen. <laughs> Men, am I telling the truth? They said, I don't know. It's never happened. <laughs> you, I'm telling you the God's honest truth. You brag on them and you praise them in public, and I'm telling you, it will change everything about them. What's your point, preacher? When's the last time you bragged on Jesus in public? Oh, but I'm a private type worshiper. The Bible says in the sanctuary, in the midst of the congregation, with a loud voice, we ought to praise him and thank him. Listen, worship should be public. Everybody in the world, let your moderation be known unto all men. We ought to praise God such in such a way that this whole county knows what he means to us. Clap your hands. Clap your hands when you're excited. Clap your hands when you're praising Him. Clap your hands and give Him glory for what He's done. See, we can worship with our hands. She used her hands to be a blessing to the Lord Jesus, and you can use your hands to be a blessing to Him too. By the raising of your hands, by the clapping of your hands. Not only did she use her hands, but secondly, write this down quick. Number two, she used her lips. To bless the Lord. She got down, the Bible says, and began to kiss his feet. Not just one, neither. The Bible says this. But this woman, in verse 45, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. So how do we use our lips? If he's not here in bodily form, how do we use our lips? The Bible says, the Bible says in Psalms 101, Psalms 101, make a joyful Noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Psalms 98, 4. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing praise. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. What? The fruit of our giving thanks unto him. What does that mean? Two things, write these two things down in your notes there. There is, there is something called a shout of praise, and there is a song of praise. A shout of praise and a song of praise. Let's go back. Let's go back. Uh, I, the first, first football game I ever got to go to, first uh, college game I ever got to go to was the game that Brother Donnie Lawrence took me 
uh, it was uh, Urban Meyer's first year in the SEC. Uh, y'all know I'm a big Gator fan, and we went down to Tuscaloosa. It was the, the year that uh, Pro Throw broke his leg, and, and Alabama just killed us. I mean, it was unmerciful. It, was just, it wasn't even godly what them people done to us. I ain't lying. And I, honest to God, honest to God, Brother Donnie Lawrence was sitting right beside, well, he was on this side. He was sitting right beside me. And, and, and we was, we was, I put everything Florida I had on, everything I had on. Every, I was blue, I was blue. And I was see, sitting in the season ticket holders of the, of, the, of the Crimson Tide. And every one of them had Crimson on. And I looked like a big tick on a red bone hound. Amen. <laughs> that man sitting beside me said, where did you get that ticket? I said, But by the end of the game, by the end of the game, they was proud that I was there. They sung a song to me like you ain't never heard. Amen. <laughs> Brother Donnie was sitting right here. Are y'all with me? Right here. He was talking to me, and this is what I heard. It was so loud. I'm talking about, honest to God, I could not, I'm not exaggerating, my hand right here, right here, my hand on the back, I I could not hear what he was saying, it was just, what was it, it was just a noise, but it was an exciting noise, it was just for the wrong team, I I looked up that word, back back up to Psalms, Psalms 100, Psalms 101, Psalms 101, Make a joyful noise. You know what I was hearing in that stadium? It sure was. So how do you know? If you'll look up joyful noise, if you'll look that up in your, your Strong's Concordance, you know what it means? To split the ear. Let me, let me, let me share something with you. Let's get serious just a minute. If they get that joyful over a football game, it's over. And we come to church, and you can hear a cricket whispering to his neighbor. We got problems. Heard them kids over there whispering, well, you shouldn't have been here because we should have been so happy and excited because we're going to heaven and we ain't going to hell. We should all have been splitting the ear with a joyful noise. Everything I've read this morning is Bible, so before you get out of here and call me charismatic, you better have a Bible. I ain't never going to church like that before. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Give him praise. Yeah. Come on, shout to him. Woo! Yeah. I saw someone there. It'll come. You just got to give it time. Amen. I hope, I hope the next time your team scores and you go to, wow, I hope you go, eh. <laughs> I hope God curses you till you can do it in here. God won't let you do it out here. I hope everybody, eh. <laughs> we'll see how long you do that. Amen. We 
are so shortchanging God. You know what helped them Israelites to shout? They remember what it was to work in 120 degree weather making bricks for a slave master. They remember 400 years of slavery and cruelty. See, the problem with us is we're too spoiled. It's so bad in America. No, it's not. Brother Morgan, I had, a, I had a missionary to Uganda come this week. He's working in a compound of 40,000 people. 40,000 people who the United Nations have just pushed them all there because they didn't, they didn't know what else to do with them. They've got about two buildings that looks like a chicken house. And they've got all them people living in there. No privacy, no nothing. And he sat there in their little church, their Ugandan church. Their Ugandan church, he said, we have to do something. We have to do something. They, listen, they paid to dig a well, $2,100 to dig a well. That one well for that many people. He showed me pictures of them pushing and shoving, trying to get water for the day. He said, we need 10 wells, preacher. We need 10 wells. Saw three little fellas, three little fellas with their belly swole out, three little guys sitting around a plate about that big with just a few bananas, a couple half uh, bananas and, and, and some beans there. He said, that's their ration for the day. Laying on grass. Nothing, nothing there, nothing. We're spoiled. Maybe if God sent us out there for a year or two, you'd come back and you'd shout for air conditioning. I'm in an air conditioning building. I'm sweating all down my back into my socks right now. Can you imagine what it'd be out there in the middle of that field? He showed me a picture of a big old tree. And all of them sitting under that tree listening to the preacher. And he must have been a wind-sucking preacher too because it like, I mean, he had the pose going. I said, do it, boy. Amen. And they're building them a place to worship. Listen, when we come here, let's not shaft the Lord anymore. Let's shout. Let's split the ear. Let's shout unto God with a voice of triumph, not the voice of defeat. Yes. You know, if we did a little more of that, maybe we wouldn't be defeated so much. Church, say amen. amen. Lastly. No, I got something to read. Psalms 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Is he great? Praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him with a psaltery and heart. Praise him with a timbrel and the dance. Praise him with strained instruments and organs. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything... Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Give him praise if you're breathing. Give him praise if you're saved. Give him praise if you're happy this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three. Number three. What was number one? She, 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 she worshiped with her, her hands. Number two, she worshiped with her Lips. Number, number three, this is so important. Oh, please don't miss this. She worshiped with her heart. She worshiped with her heart. Watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says. Verse 44. Seest thou this woman? 
I entered thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. How do you know she used her heart? How do you know she worshipped from the heart? You ever, you ever seen that, 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 that athlete, this, this hurt and wounded? I, I, the, the playoffs, like Brett Farr. With that hurt ankle. Every time he'd get up. I mean he's just hobbling. And every time they said boy he's showing a lot of. Boy that kid's got. You know why? He was leaving it all on the field. He was, there wasn't nobody going to be able to say that he didn't give it. Can they say that about us when we come here? So how do you know she gave her all of her heart? There's, there's something deeper in this story. Can I, can I get a little deep this morning? I know we've been... The Bible says there's something, there's a characteristic about the Lord that he will not change, he will not... Matter of fact, matter of fact it's the only characteristic of him that, that can be different. He cannot, he, he cannot be more powerful than, powerful than he is because he's all-powerful. He's got, he's got all power. He cannot, be, he cannot know any more than what he knows. He's all-knowing. He cannot be anywhere more than where he is because he's all present. He's everywhere at the same time. Are y'all with me? None of those characteristics can change. But there's one that that can change. That is his glory. You were made to glorify him. You were created and designed to bring and magnify his glory because his glory can become greater by what we do for him and what we say and what we are for him. We can magnify his glory. He said he would share his home, he would share his son, he would share his love, he would share his mercy, he would share his substance and supply, he would share everything with you, but he will not share his glory. Glory is his significance, glory is what who he is and what makes him what he is. His glory. But then I went to studying, if you'll go look in the old, or excuse me, the New Testament in Corinthians, the Bible says something about the woman. The Bible says the, the woman's hair is the symbol of her glory. her glory. Her glory. What does it say? She got down to his feet. His feet. And began to wash his feet with her. Which is a symbol of her She said, God, I'm nothing. You're everything. God, I don't want to just give you my material weapons. I want to give you the symbol of my glory. I want to give you the symbol of who I am and what I am. Everything I am and everything I give to you. She was worshiping from her heart. She was giving God the glory that was due unto his name by surrendering her glory. Some of you come in here so dignified. You won't raise your hand. You wouldn't raise your hand with a crowbar. You come in here because you're afraid of what somebody's going to see or what somebody's going to say. You're trying to save glory that you think you have. You're trying to save a reputation that you think you have. Jesus made himself of no reputation. This woman gave all to him when she came to him. Are you willing to give up your dignity? Paul said, we've become fools for Christ. 
They're going to think I'm crazy. So? They're going to think I'm weird. That's no big deal. I've lived with that for a long time. That's really overrated. Amen. They're not they're going to frown on me. Well, it might be. That, you're, you're true. That, that could be true. But if they're frowning, and he's smiling, I want to ask you, did you give you all in your singing a while ago? Did you give you all in the hand clap of praise a while ago, or did you give that tennis clap? And by the way, choir, we finna tighten up. Because if you're up here on this platform, you're leading worship. And if you're looking like you're leading a coma, you're not going to be leading no more. Hey, I want you to give it your all. How many of y'all appreciate the fact that when I get through up here, I'll leave it all up here? I can't even talk most of the time on Sunday afternoon. Hey, you ain't no different because we're worshiping the same God. It's funny. We go to a football game, and we, me, and, me and Brother Donnie both, we left. We were so hoarse we couldn't even talk, screaming and hollering. And it's like a badge of honor. Y'all know it. When you leave your event or graduate, we're going to have a gra- two graduations, matter of fact, this afternoon. We're going to go, yeah! We're going to embarrass all them graduates that were here. We're going to call out their name and just embarrass them. Say amen. amen. Wow! We leave. We can't even talk. It's like a badge of honor. Yeah, oh, I said the game. I said They say, yeah, boy, that's a fan. Wouldn't it be something to leave church? It just got good this morning. Hey, man. Listen, none of y'all can leave a critic today because I gave you verse by verse for everything I've said. Everything I've said. Are you worshiping from your heart this morning? Listen, we see her worship. It's from her heart because of the glory that surrendered. But then, watch this. The gift is sacrificed. She brought an alabaster box that was very costly. Very costly. Mother Teresa said something. I'm not Catholic and I don't, I don't espouse to Mother Teresa, but she said something that is big. This is what she said. And she knows, she, she, she lived around poor people. She was made herself poor her whole life in, in, in the, the leper colony she worked in. This is what she said. Y'all with me? You, everybody stay with me. We're almost done. If you give what you do not need, it isn't giving. If you give what you do not need, it isn't giving. Have somebody have a house burned down. What do we do? We try to go find the clothes we ain't worn in 22 years. Have a food drive. 
We'll go in the pantry and we'll have uh, uh, mushrooms from 1932. Am I, being, am I being right? Come on. If we're giving what we don't need, we're not giving. David says this, I will not offer unto the Lord that which costs me nothing. How's he giving this morning? J.L. Kraft, head of the Kraft Cheese Corporation, he said this. He'd given approximately 25% of his enormous income to Christian causes for many years. And this is what he said. The only investment I ever made which had, has paid consistently increasing dividends is the money I've given to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? John D. Rockefeller said this. Watch what he said. I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made if I had not tithed my first salary, which was $1.50 a week. What are you saying? I'm going to wait till I can, I can afford to tithe. If you ain't tithing, you're never going to be able to afford to tithe because it's his already. And John D. Rockefeller said, I'd have never been able to tithe the first million if I hadn't tithed the first dollar. See, when we, when we give in our offering, that's as much worship as anything we do. And almost it's, it's more because it's tied directly to your heart. See, God don't need your money. He's looking for your heart. And he knows if he, if, listen, if, if he has your pocketbook, he has your heart. There's a sciatic nerve that runs from your hip straight to your heart. Say amen. How you know? The Bible says where your treasure is, there where your heart be also. Listen, let me read this and we'll pray. Lowell Ogden tells the story of a little boy who lived out in the country around the turn of the century. He had never seen a traveling circus, and one was coming to his town on Saturday, and the lad asked his father for permission to go, and his, his dad said that he could, provided his chores were done early. Saturday morning came, chores were finished, the little boy had asked his father for some money so he could go to the circus. His dad reached down in his overalls and pulled out a dollar bill. That was the most money he had ever seen in his life at one time. Off to the, listen, the little wide-eyed fellow went. As he approached the town, he saw people lining the streets. Peering through the line at one point, he got his first glimpse of the parade. There were animals in cages and marching bands, and finally a clown was seen bringing up the rear of the parade. The boy was so excited that when the clown passed, he reached in his pocket and handed that clown the dollar bill. Thinking he had seen the circus when he had only seen the parade, the little boy turned around and went home. The observation is made as to how sad it is that some people come to church like this little boy who went to the circus. They may come with the intent to worship God, but all they see is the parade. The parade of him singing prayers, communion, the preaching. They peer through their pews at all the activity and then turn around and go home. Thinking they had been to God's house, they missed the main event, a personal encounter with Christ. Don't get hung up in the parade and miss the main event. Don't get hung up in, in that they, they didn't sing your song and miss feeling the presence of Jesus. Don't get hung up in the ritual that you don't meet the Redeemer. We come to his house to be in his presence. This one thing have I desired, and that will I seek, that thou may dwell the house, Lord, all the days of my life to behold. That means get to see. Behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire.
choir in his temple. Did you behold his beauty today? When they sang that song about the cross, did it, did it cross your mind what he did on Calvary? When they were singing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Did it cross your mind that he's already been in your tomorrow and he's preparing you away? Did We got to dismiss. Don't focus on everything else and not on him and miss the main event. Church, say amen. Father, in Jesus' name, God, help us to worship you. Help us to...